What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the CPA Zone, the podcast where we discuss tax strategies and accounting tips for entrepreneurs and real estate investors. My name is Ryan Pulis, and our company, The Pulis Group, offers tax planning and advisory services for entrepreneurs like you. Whether it's bookkeeping, tax planning, or CFO services that you're looking for, we've got you covered. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the CPA Zone. This podcast is brought to you by the Pulis Group. Today, we're going to talk about Schedule C of your tax return. If you recall, last week we discussed Schedule E for rental activities and your income from activities reported to on a K-1. Today, we're going to look at Schedule C. This is where you report income and expenses from operating businesses. So these businesses are those that are not incorporated. So we're talking about sole proprietors and single member LLCs. So similar to Schedule E, your Schedule C is essentially a P&L that you report to the IRS. So it's going to report all of the income and expenses from your operating businesses. And operating businesses can include things like rental properties where you provide substantial services. If you're fixing and flipping properties, Generally, that's going to be reported on a Schedule C as well. Ideally, if your income's high enough, we might make the election to be taxed as an S-corporation. For now, we're just going to focus on Schedule C. So Schedule C, it's a two-page form. At the top, you report basic information about the business name, address, all of that good stuff. You will select your accounting method. and This will remain the same each year unless you apply to the IRS to change it. So we have cash basis and accrual are the most common. Generally, your smaller businesses that don't have inventory will report on the cash basis. And if you're a larger business or have inventory, more often you're going to find those types of businesses reporting on the accrual basis. So also at the top of the form, we have a place for your EIN. So if you're a single member LLC, we'll likely have an EIN. Sole Prop is going to use your social security number. And there's also a a section for the business code in box B. So this is a code that identifies the type of business that you're running. And it gives the IRS uh, a look into the type of business, what you're likely offering for sale, whether they're goods or services and what type, because they'll use this information to take a look at your expenses and determine whether they make sense for the type of business you're in. Next, we have a few questions listed out that the IRS asks that you're going to check yes or no for these. And one is, did you materially participate in the business? Yes or no. And if you recall material participation, without it, the business is considered passive and you can't deduct losses. Next, they ask, did you make any payments that would require Form 1099 to be reported? Yes or no. And if yes, did you or will you file those 1099s? So that's the top section, Schedule C. Now we come into what I call the P&L. So we have part one and two. Part one is where you report your income. So it starts with gross receipts. That's all the revenue you collect from your clients. Then you back out things like returns and allowances and costs of goods sold. Now costs of goods sold can be quite a large number. So there's a special section for that where you report the details of your costs of goods sold. We'll talk about that later. It's on page two in part four. So, but for now, in part one with income, we're just taking the actual cost of goods sold number. Then we subtract that from your gross receipts. We come up with a gross profit. If you have any other income items and miscellaneous types of income, 
we'll add that in and then come up uh, to a total gross income number. So that's gonna, your income is part one, start with gross, re gross receipts and get down to the gross income number after backing out your cost of goods sold. Then part two is all the expenses. So Schedule C has a list of various common expense types like advertising, car and truck, contract labor depreciation, your employee benefits, insurance, interest, legal and professional fees, meals and travel, taxes and licenses, all of your common expenses. They've already got a category listed on the form for you. And then the last item in the expense section is called other expenses where you can expand and any of those expenses that don't fit into one of the categories, you will actually have a place to expand on that and detail those out in part six of Schedule C. That's on page two as well. So if you can fit it into one of the predefined categories, great. If not, you have this other expense line and you can provide the details on page two. And then as typical on a PL, you deduct the expenses from your income to come up with your profit or loss. So on Schedule C, this is the tentative profit or loss because next we have a space to deduct the use of a home office if you have one. So a home office cannot create a loss. So if you're already in a loss position, then there is no home office deduction. However, if you have profit from the business, you can deduct a home office if you're using one. So there are certain rules that come with a home office. It has to be a space that's used regularly by you for the business and it's used exclusively for the business. So it's not, you don't just, you're not working on your couch in the living room and calling that a home office when you also watch TV with the family there at night. It has to be a, a designated space for the office that you use on a regular basis. But if you qualify, then the home office is a nice deduction to take and use to lower your taxable income. So there are two methods for the home office. We have the simplified method and what I just call the standard method. So simplified method, very straightforward. It's $5 per square foot of the size of your home office up to a maximum of 300 square feet. So if you have a home office that's 100 square feet, you would get a $500 deduction, 100 times five, using the simplified method. Now the more, the standard method for home office, you would calculate the size of your home office as a percentage of your entire home. So you can use that based on square footage. So 100 foot square office in a 2000 square foot size home, that gives you a 5% allocation for home office expenses and you apply 5% to things like your utilities, your home security system, homeowners insurance, you would depreciate 5% of your house. So that's how the standard method works. If you don't use square footage, you can. there's also an option to use the number of rooms. So if you have 10 rooms in your house and one of those is used as your home office and all the rooms are relatively similar in size, then you can use the number of rooms. You take one room divided by 10 and now you have a 10% allocation. And again, you just apply that percentage to all of the costs of maintaining your home. And these costs, they also include the home mortgage interest and taxes that you would normally be deducting on Schedule A. You'd simply shift a portion of that into your home office bucket and the remainder would continue to be reported on your Schedule A. So if you have a home office that's 10% of the size of your home and 10% of your home mortgage interest and 
real estate taxes would shift over to your home office deduction, and the remaining 90% would continue to be reported on Schedule A, assuming you itemize. So after we take off the home office deduction, again, cannot create a loss, we're left with your net profit or loss that's taxable. So that really completes the bottom of page one of your Schedule C. So next we'll go take a look at page two of Schedule C. And this page two is really, it's an area to provide additional detail for certain parts of uh, the income and expense on page one. So first in part three, I think I called it part four earlier, it's part three is cost of goods sold. So here you would check that the way you value your inventory. So at the end of each year, you generally wanna value the inventory you have on hand if you have inventory. Now, if you don't have inventory and you don't have cost of goods sold, you'd totally skip this section. However, when you do, you value it at cost or lower of cost or market. If you use some other valuation, you need to attach an explanation. But the calculation for cost of goods sold is always going to be the same. So it's beginning inventory plus purchases during the year, plus your cost of direct labor, direct materials and supplies, other direct costs, minus inventory, ending inventory. So you have the beginning inventory at the start of the year, add in your purchases and all your direct costs like labor materials, and then you subtract the end, ending inventory number that gives you your cost of goods sold. And that's essentially what you're reporting here in part three. You just detail each of those items out. That cost of goods sold number then flows back up to part one uh, where you're reporting income so you can calculate gross profit. Now, after the cost of goods sold section, we have part four. This is information for your vehicle. So if you're using your vehicle in your business, then the IRS requires additional information. So here we're going to report the date it was placed in service and the number of miles, so your actual business miles, commuting miles, other personal miles. And remember, when you're using something like a vehicle in your business, it's considered listed property. So you have to allocate the business and personal portions and you can only deduct the business portion. And you're going to do that by using the mileage. So you need to maintain a mileage log. And there are, similar to the home office, two ways to deduct your car expenses. You have the actual method where you take the business use percentage based on miles. So business miles divided by total miles gives you your business use percentage. So let's say you drive 10,000 miles a year, 7,000 of those are for business. You have set, you're using your, your car 70% for your business you would apply that to all of the costs of maintaining your car, fuel, repairs. 70% is the portion of your vehicle that would be depreciated. The other option is to use the standard mileage rate. So this recording is taking place in fall of 2023. The standard mileage rate for 2023 is 65.5 cents per mile. So that same car, if we use, if we drove it 7,000 miles for business during the year, we would simply take 7,000 times 65.5 cents, and that gives us our standard mileage deduction. So you can choose between the two methods, and you provide this information in part four. So you're basically you're, you're reporting the place and service date, your business miles, and other personal miles. That way, the IRS can see how you're coming up with the business use percentage. And then they ask you a handful of questions. Was the vehicle available for personal use during off-duty hours? If it's your own car, generally that answer is going to be yes. Do you or your spouse have another vehicle available for personal use? 
Generally, yes. If you have one car, sure. Then, But if you only have one car, don't say you're using it 100% for business because that's going to be a big red flag that it's not believable that you're not driving any miles at all for personal, personal use. And then last, they ask you, do you have evidence to support your deduction? And is the evidence written? Again, these are yes or no questions. And what they're asking there is, did you maintain a mileage log, which is required to deduct your vehicle? Without the mileage log in the event of an audit, it's very possible they just throw out the entire deduction. So make sure you have your documentation in place to support your deductions so you don't run into that issue and have your deduction thrown out. Now, the last part of Schedule C on page two, this is part five, other expenses. Here's where you would list out in detail those other expenses we talked about when we were going through the expense, expense section in part two a little earlier. So if you remember, the IRS lays out on the form various common expense categories, but then there's one line for other expenses. Well, this part five on page two is where you detail those out. So maybe you have costs like marketing, dues and subscriptions, cell phone, things that don't have their own category on page one. You'd list them out here and total them at the bottom of part five, and that's what carries up and ends up in part two expenses on the 2022 form we're looking at. It's line 27A. So again, page two of Schedule C is really, it's additional information that corresponds to the numbers that you're reporting on page one on the P&L section of Schedule C. So that brings us to the end of Schedule C. So just to summarize, it, Schedule C is where you report your income and expense from unincorporated businesses like sole proprietors and single member LLCs. If you have rentals that you provide substantial services, just think hotel type services, those also are reported on Schedule C. Schedule C is basically, it's an income statement for your report to the IRS, your income and expenses. And remember also Schedule C income subject to the self-employment taxes in addition to your income tax. So you're going to be paying Social Security and Medicare, both the employee and employer side, on any net income you report on your Schedule C. Then page two, again, provides additional detail to some of the items, specifically cost of goods sold, the vehicle, if you're using a vehicle in your business, and then details of other expenses. So that about does it. I hope you found this episode beneficial. If so, please hit the like and subscribe button. And until next time, have a great day. So that about does it for this episode of the CPA Zone. Thanks for listening, and I hope you found something valuable that you can take away. We are taking on new clients, and if you'd like to work with us, then go to our website and fill out the client intake form on our contact page. This can be found at thepulisgroup.com forward slash contact. That's T-H-E-P-U-L-I-C-E-G-R-O-U-P dot com forward slash contact.